Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. About omelet, our omelet series, and today, last week we talked about the Word of God, and the whole purpose of this series is to encourage you, to challenge you, and to inspire you. And uh, if many of you were here last last week, my brother uh, gave, stood up in the back and gave a word spontaneous and kind of shocked me. Uh, but actually, I said, Rick, I said, why did you stand up and give that word? And here's what he said, and I kind of felt good about it. Here's what he said: He said, CJ. He said, your message inspired me so much that I had to let it out. I had to get it out. And I said, well, great. At least I'm getting across that I'm trying to inspire you, encourage you, and challenge you to grow closer to God. If you draw closer to God, he will draw closer to you. You have to do your part, and then he'll do his part. And so my whole purpose of this series is to draw you closer to God. I called this series today the omelet series, but I want to call, talk about this. The omelet series, it needs substance. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I don't know about you, but I don't just like scrambled eggs. I like to put everything in it. Yesterday, my wife was really making me an omelet. She diced up some peppers. She diced up some ham, and she put all this cheese on it. And man, she made me this, this huge omelet. I think it was four eggs because it was big. And, and uh, it was good. But she added all this stuff to it. You know, she added all the peppers, the ham, the cheese, and so on to it. And she gave it to me yesterday, and I thought, wow, honey. But if you see that picture, it's on the back. If you see this picture, notice that it's just not the egg or the omelet, right? It's things that are added to it. It's the substance. It's the, it's the tomatoes. It's the barley. It even looks like it's got corn and all that kind of When I saw this picture, it made me get hungry. Right? It made me want to go get an omelet. After you're done, you probably want to go to Gary's Calf and get, a, get an omelet at Gary's Calf. But it, you have to have substance to the omelet. It's the same thing with your life. You have to have substance to your life. You could say you're a Christian, but, you know, many of the Bible says they can honor me with their lips, but their heart can be far from me. In other words, God doesn't want lip service. He wants heart service. And a lot of times what happens is we can say we're a Christian, but you have to have substance or a backing behind the label Christian. That I'm just not a Christian, but I have substance in my walk with God. How many can understand what I'm saying? You know, we can all say we're Christians, but if we're not living it out, we're not being like Christ, and we're not doing the things like Christ, we're not showing the substance of Christ in our lives. So this week, I want to talk to you, last week we shared this. The Word of God is the compass that points us towards heaven. How many know what I'm talking about? It's the compass that points us towards heaven. We talked about that last week. We want to go towards heaven. We want to have our bags packed. We have to read the Word of God because that is our manuscript. That is our manuscript of how to prepare us to become more like Christ. The Word of God makes visible the hidden things of God in the dark places of the devil. How many know that's great? Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light to our path, right? It makes visible. Last week we talked about the booby traps that the enemy wants to put into our lives, that we have these landmines that we have to walk around, and God makes visible those traps, those landmines that the enemy likes to put in our way. And so we talked about that. But today I want to talk about this. The word of God is our foundation. Now everything we do, we have to base our foundation on the word of God. So whenever you're faced with a situation, you have to ask yourself, what is the word of God saying to me? 
What is the word of God? How can I apply it to my life? And what is it saying to me? And what can I take away from it? So the word of God was this. It's our foundation in which we build on it and add to, right? So everything we do. So how many have ever played with Legos before, right? You ever played with Legos before? Well, my grandkid, Kyrie, when he comes to our house, I mean to tell you, he takes this thing and he opens it up and he throws them all over the floor. How many know what I'm talking about, right? of what the Word of God is. This is the Word. Let's say that this is the foundation, which is the Word of God. So this is the Word in which we build on. So the Word of God, everything stands on the Word. Yes, my wife is a helpmate. She looks like, like Vanna White, amen? Amen, Vanna White, the Price is Right show, right? And so everything is, so this is the Word of God, and you build on the Word. So let's say that you're going to now start walking in the Word of God. You're going to start walking maybe in prayer. So you start building everything on the Word. You know what prayer does? Prayer is what? Maybe verbalizing the Word. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is communicating with God. So you're building on that. Maybe another one is that you're building on the Word of God through worship. Why do we worship a lot here in, in, in Adventure Church? We maybe worship more than other churches. And the reason by is this, because if any of you are a gardener, if you take a hose and it's kinked, what happens sometimes when the hose is kinked? The water don't come out the other end. And so in other words, there's a blockage in the flow that's stopping the flow of the water coming to the end of the hose. So a lot of times what we do here at Adventure Church is to get the kinks out of you so the Spirit of God can start flowing back in you. Because some of you come into church, and man, you got a lot of pressures, you got a lot of stress, you got a lot of things going on in your life, and you're kinked. You may be dry, you're feeling discouraged, you may be feeling empty, you're feeling uh, uh, uneasy in your spirit. And so what happens is hopefully through worship, it sets you free. But why through worship? Because the songs that we sing, that what they're doing is they're singing the word of God. How great is our God, right? And it's singing the word of God. So worship is built on what? The word. We build worship on the word. So building this for a long time because... No, nobody's up to the green table. Vanna White's getting tired already. So then here, here, here's, here's another one. Another one that we build our, our, on the word is our gifts. God says our gifts and our calling are irrevocable. So each and every one of you have a gift, whether it's a gift of serving, whether it's a gift of generosity, whatever it gets or health, whatever that may be, you base your gifts on the word. So the picture is, obviously, you could go ahead, Vanna. You can sit down now. Her arm is getting tired. she got a cramp. But, but you, you notice the picture is that you build everything on the Word. So today, I want to talk to you today about in Matthew chapter 6, that we're going to build on the Word substance. We're going to add to the omelet substance that helps us in our lives. And in Matthew chapter 6, I love what he says here. It says, and when you pray. Adding to the word. Prayer is communicating with the Father. Now listen, God doesn't just want us a one-way street. A lot of times what we do with prayer is we just have a one-way street. We're like dump trucks. What we do is we have all our pressures, our concerns, our cares, our worries, our frets, our anxiety full in our dump truck. And then what we do, we go to God in prayer, and what we do is we dump it all out on God, 
and we don't allow God to have dialogue with us. When prayer is, prayer is having dialogue with the Heavenly Father. It's having dialogue with the Creator, the one that knows you best, the one that knows every hair on your head and everything in your life. So God said, listen, I don't want you just to have a one-way street. It has to be a two-way street. You cast all your cares upon me through your anxiety, through your pressures, through your worries, through your concern. You cast them on me. You, say, you let me know how they are. And then he says, I will dialogue back to you. I will speak back to you. And I will give you the formula to help you in your situation. That's the beauty of prayer. That God is not a mute God like you hit your mute button on your TV and you sit there and watch the TV and you're wondering what they're saying because you accidentally hit the mute button. God does speak. And that's why he said, my sheep heareth my voice. If God didn't speak, he wouldn't say you would hear his voice. How do you hear his voice? You hear his voice a lot of times through his word first and foremost. You hear his voice around through other people. Through other people that maybe hear that maybe God may speak to that person, come to you and give you a word. You hear other people, uh, God's voice through creation, through things that are happening around you, the events that are taking place. You hear God in your spirit, that God gives you the rights and wrongs in your spirit. A lot of times God will put a stop sign in your life. Now, this is the key thing. you got to get this. A lot of times God will put a stop sign in your life and tell you not to do it, and you have the convictions not to do it, and you know you shouldn't do it. But a lot of times what happens is you blow the stop sign. And when you blow the stop sign, you end up in an accident. And here's what always happens when we get ourselves in an accident. The first thing we want to do is we want to blame God. God, why did I get in this predicament? And God said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, hold up, hold up. I put the stop signs up. I put it in your spirit not to do it. But you just blew the stop sign and you ended up in this situation. So I want to say amen. amen. So he says, listen. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. In other words, say one thing and do another. But here's what he said. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Wow. Wow, check that out. Now watch what he says. And when you pray, but, 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 but when you pray, <laughs> that was a quick man. I had to change my eyes on that one. But when you pray... Go into your room. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will do what? Reward you. And notice what God is saying. He will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So in other words, what God is saying he wants to become intimate with you. I love watching Adam over here. Man, I know where this is going. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Man, you can't help but see it all over Facebook. Man, every time you took it on Facebook and those two are, I'm in love with a girl and I'm talking about. Man, I mean, look at that. He's our drummer. Have you ever noticed, man? He has been so anointed with the unction of love on those drums that every time he hits those drums, love, 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 potion number nine. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. 
But you know what? They're becoming intimate, and it's obviously shown they're doing all kinds of hikes, and they're doing all kinds of walking and talking and this and that and the other. And the more you are intimate, the more you become closer. Just ask Daniel over here. Daniel and with Brianna. Daniel and Brianna, their first day in church today as a married couple. Hey, hallelujah. Amen. She said she kicked them out of bed three times already. Amen. That's, that's no kidding. She told me that today. He said she, she hogs the bed. But the point of it is, the point of it is, guys, is this. You have to become intimate with someone to get to know someone. In other words, you have to spend time with someone. And the reason why God is saying to you, close the door, he's saying, shut the door to distractions of your life. Because I want to become intimate with you. I want to become personal with you. I want to become your best friend. After all, he said, I stick closer to you than a brother. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The only one that ever leaves you, God, is you. God, you leave God. God never leaves you. And he desires to be close with you. I love this. Listen, prayer is not about how well you can pray, but how well you know him. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? You see, a lot of times what we think, that we have to say the right words. We have to talk, man, sophisticated. We have to be right on track. We have to be on point with every word that we say. Let me ask you a question. When God went to Moses, when God went to Moses, could Moses speak? Moses was so embarrassed at a point he said, Lord, send my brother Aaron and not me. I can't speak fluently. So he was ashamed or embarrassed because he didn't say the right things and he couldn't speak the right way. God doesn't look about how you speak. And a lot of times we equate prayer as, man, I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know what to say to God. I don't know how God's going to respond to me. All God wants you to do is just to say, God, here I am. It doesn't matter how you say it because God understands it. How many of you ever put open mouth and insert foot? And, man, you open mouth and you inserted foot and you said things that maybe someone interpreted wrong. That's why I hate texting. I hate texting because, man, if I put one word that maybe not be in their category, I get something back. Are you mad at me, Pastor? No. I, I not even. How many know what I'm talking about? And so many times what happens is, listen, God wants you just to come and be transparent. Tell them how you feel. What's going on in your life? It doesn't matter of your, vo your vocabulary or how you say it. God just wants you to come. I loved when I was uh, working with Billy Graham in Watertown, South Dakota, when we did the thing in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I lived in Watertown, South Dakota, but I was also on the campaign committee with Billy Graham there in South Dakota. And we did a thing there in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And, and I, I'll never forget going to the, the stadium there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and being with Billy Graham and all the other advisors and counselors that were there. But every, every night, we did it for five nights, every night, guess what his theme song was? Just as I am, I come, right? I come. And in other words, what he was saying, come just as you are. How many like phony people? Right? Gag a maggot. Get out of my face. You fly, don't bother me. You want authentic, real people. Amen. And that's what God wants with you. He don't want pretenders. 
He doesn't want people that are pretending to love him and come to him with a facade or a mask on. He wants you to come and say, God, here I am. The beautiful thing about God is that God wants you to be vulnerable. He wants you to be honest. And when you're vulnerable and honest with God, guess what? He's not going to use that against you like people do. He's going to lift up your hands and he's going to say, hey, I'm jumping in your boat. I'm going to help you float when you think you're sinking. That's what God does. So he says, listen, it's easy to pray when the lights are on you. How many know what I'm talking about? Easy to pray when the lights are on you. But what about when no one is looking or hearing? It's easy to pray when, when man, maybe like the hypocrites, like you like to pray on the street corners thinking that you're fluent and elegant and all these things. But what about in the secret places with God? In the secret place, I always say this. If prayer works like we say it does, can I ask you why are we not praying then? I always say that the people who are not praying are straying. The pastor who is not praying is playing. you got to have an intimate relationship with God. You got to spend time with him, quality time, right, Adam? Because now you get to know her. Hey, I got you where I want you. Now I'm going to get you. <laughs> right? She was all mine. You don't know none of that. You don't know none of that. Know none of that. For those of you who are visitors here today, excuse me. Amen. <laughs> We like to have fun at church, amen? How many know we can have fun at church, right? Amen. Right. amen, we can. God does not want lip service, but heart service devoted to him. He wants heart service. I always say this, all he wants is you. All he wants is you. Nothing else will do. Not just a part of your heart. But all of your heart, nothing else will do. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. God, I, I, I commit to you. I, I, I commit, God, my, my life, my, my mind, my thoughts, my emotions. Lord, I commit it to you. You know, in verse 6 of Matthew 5, uh, 6, he says, close the door. Close the door. Close the door to distractions. I always say this. Choose prayer over despair. God, I'm choosing prayer over the despair in my life. God, I'm, I'm choosing despair. That's why God says cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's why I say come unto me, all who are weary, heavy laden. God, I choose prayer over despair in my life. You see, listen, a lot of times what happens with people when we close the door with God can I get real with you? What happens with people when we go close the door with God, we sometimes feel so insecure. And some people just like drama that when they cast their cares on the Lord and they give them all their struggles, their hardships, and their problems or situations in life, what happens is with the moment they walk out of the door of being in the presence of God, they feel naked. They feel, man, man exposed. So you know what they do? They immediately pick up everything that they just cast back at Jesus' feet. 
because they're not able to function without maybe the drama, the pressures, and the anxieties that they go through. When Jesus said, I just want to give you peace. Somebody say, ouch. It's true, right? Listen, peace, peace, peace happens when people pray. Peace happens when people pray. Now, this is not on, on, the, on the screen, but I want you to write this down. Distractions keep you from this. Here's what happens with distractions. When God says to close the door, here's what happens with distractions. Distractions. Distractions come from keeping you from, knowing, from talking to God. Distractions will keep you from talking from God to God. The first thing, it, it will keep you from talking to God. We all have distractions in life. One of the things I, I have to tell you, I am such a people person. I think you know that by now. I am such a people person that the moment I wake up and my feet hit the ground when I get out of bed, I want to be in people's lives. So you know what I have to do? I have to make it a priority. It's what you feed is what's going to grow. And I have to make it a priority that God, early in the morning, as David said in Psalms 5, verse 3, I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectations. So you know what I have to do? I have to every day, every day, and this is no kidding. I'm not just tooting my horn. If I didn't pray, I'll be playing. Every day, because I know that when I see you, I will be distracted. So you know what I have to do? I have to make a sacrifice to get up every morning to pray. It's a priority. And what you make a priority will always rise to the top. And you have to make prayer a priority in your life. If you really believe that prayer changes things, then that should really want us to get on our knees and pray to th see things changed. Right? So here's another thing. Distractions keep you from hearing from God. Distractions keep you from hearing from God. They clutter your mind. They clutter your thoughts. They clutter your emotions. They keep you from hearing from God. Distractions. Man, man, they'll distract you. They'll get you disorientated. They'll get you all confused that you're only here. I love you. I love you. And we're only hearing bits and pieces of what God has for you. But here's the big thing what distractions do. They keep you from receiving the fullness of God. God, I, I want more of you. I want more of you. That's why Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And distractions will keep you from receiving the fullness of God. And then what happens when you don't receive the fullness of God? What happens with Christians, and please understand, this is the church in general. I'm not saying adventure church. This is the church in general. Man, 39 years of being in ministry, I saw it inside out and backwards. And here's what happens. When the people that get blessed... Because maybe they've been in the presence of God and they're experiencing the fullness of God. The ones that are not experiencing the fullness of God, they get mad, jealous, and upset. You don't get anything for free. You have to do your part to receive the fullness of God. Don't expect the pie in the sky to hit you in the head when you're, man, when you think you're walking with God. Man, we got an advocate that prays for us and believes with us and stands with us and cheers us on and encourages us, but we still have to pray to seek his face while he may be found. How many of you can know what I'm talking about? Amen? Listen, to add flavor to any relationship, 
It starts by communicating. You got to communicate. What are the big three things of a marriage that man fails in marriage? Brianna and Daniel, you should know this. The three big things that take place in a marriage that break down a marriage. Number one is communication. When the communication breaks down, guess what happens then? Financial. Man, she spends, he spends. Man, they don't communicate. Then the checkbook is empty because communication is broke down and financially. And then the biggest thing that happens is intimacy. But it all stems by communicating. Tell them dislikes and likes of your life. Sharing life together as a husband and wife. Communicating, talking, sharing your hurts and your pain. Joining together and praying with one another. That's where it all starts. The greatest thing that I can tell you as a husband is, I, man, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love all that. But the greatest thing, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, every morning and every night, clockwork, we, I feel like, man, I'm an old man and just a, a persistent, just like a routine guy. But I'll tell you, I love it. You know what I do? Man, if you're not doing this, let me challenge you. Again, challenge you, encourage you, inspire you. If you're not doing this, do it. Every morning is my favorite thing. And at night, my wife and I pray. Lord, and when I hear my wife pray for me, oh, my word, I get Mickey Mouse ears. Whoop. Dumbo ready to fly. Whoop. There it is. Because I hear her praying, God, touch CJ. Man, and she communicates that. Come on, baby, light my fire. You see, communicating, spending time with someone, but here's the big thing. And being open and honest with them. That's what God wants you to do. God, I just want to be transparent. My grandson, my youngest grandson, Maddox, he is a talking machine. I think the young man loves to hear his voice. Now he knows he can discover he can make noises and talk. I kid you not. I try to call my daughter Man, talk to her on the phone. He's in the background. Mom! 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 Heidi can't even have a conversation with me. And then she'll say, hold on, Dad. Sister, come back. I forget what she said when she comes back. He interrupts so much. And, man, it distracts her. It's kind of, kind of nerve-wracking, to be honest with you. I want to go, hey, give that kid the right-hand side of fellowship, right? <laughs> you know, you give him hospital or sudden death, right? But just give him hospital, right? But, you know... He, he distracts. And I can't even keep a conversation with my daughter sometimes. And I love my little grandson, but there are times, man, I just want to, yeah, you know, let him know. My mom used to have one of those paddles that says, Mom's helping hand. I mean, I've seen the, it was a hand just like that. And she's like, wham, let me help you out a minute. I want to help him out a minute. Amen? Mom's helping hand. I'm going to help you be quiet. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of times, that's what happens, guys, in our relationship with God. Can you imagine what God, he wants to pour out the fullness of his blessings upon you. But many times, you're so distracted that God's like, man, just be still and know that I'm God, Psalms 46.10. Just allow me to move in your life. I don't know about you, but have you ever gone to a counselor? You know what a counselor's role is? 
you spend, well now it's about $120, maybe $150 an hour to go to a counselor. But what is the whole role of a counselor? Do you know that counseling is 90% listening and 10% speaking? So you're paying someone $120 to $150 an hour to do what? To listen. And you know what you're doing? You're pouring out all your junk. Right? And then what the he or she does, they interject with you and say, hey, what about doing this or maybe doing that? Isn't that like what God does? He's the counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God, the everlasting father. Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. And then he'll interject some nugget into your spirit. It's okay. I got this. And all of a sudden, weak when you kneel, but powerful when you rise. You had an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Did you ever notice that when the Bible says that the enemy in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, the enemy is like a lion roaming to and fro looking for whom he may devour? You know what happens when the lion roars? The jungle takes attention. It takes heed. And all of a sudden, everybody perks up. Uh-oh. The lion is roaring. He's upset. He's mad. But let me tell you something. In Revelations chapter 5, verse 5, we serve the ultimate lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. That when he roars, the enemy has to take notice and everything around it. Why? Because the king of kings and the Lord of lords is roaring. And everything takes second over him. He's the great lion, the king of kings. If prayer really what if, if prayer is really what changes things, then our, why aren't we praying? Prayer is the hitch. Now you gotta get this. When the Lord put this in my spirit, prayer is the hitch that hooks to the train that guides you through the tunnels of life. You know where I got that from? When we lived in Colorado. Man, all those huge tunnels that went through those huge mountains. Man, you see the face of the tunnel, and all you could see from there was dark. But you know what? If you're hitched to the train, which is Jesus, he'll take you to the other side. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the light of the world. He, light brings hope. He'll pull you through things of life. Prayer is where you can, what, undress your thoughts, get rid of their stinking thinking, get rid of all the negativity, Get rid of all the negativity, all the things go, I'm going down, I'll never make it. Where, oh, where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? How I many know what I'm talking about? I searched the world over, and I thought I found true love, right? You made another end. You are gone. <laughs> right? Will you undress your thoughts? Write this. Clean your heart and be renewed. Any man be in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things become new. You see, that's what it does. Cleans your heart. 
Verse 6 says, what is done in secret, you will be rewarded. I don't know about you, but man, I, I tell you, isn't it fun to be rewarded? It's fun to be rewarded, especially to be recognized for your achievements, your accomplishments, and things that you do. I love watching all you football players that are playing. And, man, I, I, I keep close with Grantsburg and Siren. I keep up on all those guys because they're kids that go to our church here. And uh, it's fun to see. You know, Zach last week scored three touchdowns. He's a receiver for Grantsburg. He had three touchdowns. And, man, I was able to communicate with him and let him know, hey, man, I'm so proud of you. And Xander, man, he's doing his thing. And uh, Ron, and it's just fun to see these kids playing. But they're getting awarded for their efforts. And listen, God never, ever walks away without seeing you do what you do. I hear people say this all the time. I'm unappreciated. I hear wives say, I clean the house, I do the laundry, I clean dishes, I do this, I do that, and do that. But he or she, they don't appreciate me. I'm just expected to do things. And we feel like, man, discouraged because, man, I go to work every morning. Man, I go to work 9 to 5 and I work hard to provide food for my family. But, man, she doesn't seem to appreciate it. We all want to be appreciated for our efforts. Amen? It's the same way with God. You don't think that God wants to show his appreciation to you by you making sacrifices in your life? When you make a sacrifice with God, not one thing goes unnoticed. God sees it all. You know God even takes your tears and he bottles them up that one day when you thought you weren't going to make it, you're going to stand before him in heaven. He's going to take out that vial and he's going to say, see, when you thought you weren't going to make it, here's your tears to prove that you made it. That's how God is concerned about you. He wants to reward you. You see this, I love this. When God God is in the business of rewarding those who hunger after him, who hunger after him, and seek his face and not just his hand. Now, there's a difference there. Seek his face and not just his hand. So many times we go to God for a hand out instead of a hand up. And we seek God for his hand. God, do this. God, do that. God, do this. But in other words... Not seeking his face. In other words, not becoming intimate with him. Man, when I buy my wife flowers or do something good for her, you know what? Man, she just returned what you sow is what you reap. And she in turn reaps back to me. It's the same way with God. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. Right? God, to be more like you. And God rewards. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, here's the steps to rewarding out of this verse. He says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Now watch this. He exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So there's three steps in this verse. And you have this on your notes. You have this on your sermon notes. There's three steps. Number one is this. You must have faith in God. Steps to your reward. You got to have faith in God. Without faith, Hebrews 11 says, without faith is impossible to please God. What is faith? God, I trust you. I believe in you. Oh, Lord, I love you. Man, I earnestly seek you, God. 
I love you, God. You got to trust him. And so many times, now you got to get this, so many times you're afraid to trust God because your relationships in the physical sense have hurt you. You've been hurt with a physical relationship, maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe you went through a, a terrible divorce or whatever it may be that caused pain in a relationship. And because you had that pain in your relationship, now you're afraid to even trust God. So you're saying this. I keep you at arm's length, God. But God wants to embrace you and love you. Another one is this. You must believe that he exists. God, you exist. You're seated at the right-hand side of the Father. You're making intercession for us. You overcome gr the grave, death, hell, and the grave. God, you are alive. You are alive. You're not like Buddha and Muhammad. You are a living, active God who intervenes on my behalf. God, you exist. But here's the big one. Steps to your reward. You must earnestly seek him. Seek him. God, I seek you. You see this, rewards are the little things that we sometimes take for granted, like the breath that you have right now, the car that you're driving even though you don't like it, the house that you have a roof over, the little things that we take for granted, your refrigerator is running where it should have broke down five years ago, the little things. Rewards are the surprises that happen when you least expect it. How I mean, you know that's what God does? God does unexpected things at unexpected times in your life. He does things unexpectedly. He's a God that surprises his people. Because why? He loves you. I love this. Rewards are given because your faith, trust, and hope are in your heavenly Father. That's what it's all about. Verse 8, your Father knows what you need of before you ask. Now, People always say, I want to give you a simple formula of how to go to God in prayer. A lot of people say, I don't know how to pray. Well, I'm going to give you some steps, okay? I call this Acts, and some of you already know this. I said this on a Wednesday night, but I felt I needed to go back to this. But this is called Acts, okay? If you have your notes, you can, you can see it, Acts. It's called the prayer formula. So when you go into God... You call it Acts. Why Acts? Because Acts is where the Holy Spirit fell and came upon people, and the presence of God came in because they prayed. So that's why I came up with these acclimates, Acts. A. A stands for adoration. Adoration means, God, I praise you. I love you, and I honor you. When you do that, you know what you're doing? When you first start out in prayer, don't start out in prayer giving you being the dump truck. Start out in prayer telling God how much you love him. Man, when you do that, guess what you do? You get God's ear. You get God's ear because God loves and inhabits the praises of his people. But if you start out, man, with your dump truck, it's like you're throwing a first punch. And you keep punching God, guess what he's going to do? He's going to back away. But if you start to praise him, confession, Lord, forgive me of my wrongs, faults, and failures. God, forgive me. Don't forgive him or her, but Lord, look at wow, look at me, God. Look at me, forgive me of my wrong. Maybe I said something wrong, maybe I did something wrong, maybe I did this, whatever. God, forgive me. That's what David said, create me a clean heart, oh God. Ask God, 
cleanse your heart. You know what that does? It makes you new wineskin. When you ask God to forgive you, you become new wineskin. Why new wineskin? Because God can't pour wine in old wineskins. But he can in new wineskins. New wineskins become new by asking for forgiveness. You become pliable. Thanksgiving or thankfulness. I love this part. Because so many times what happens, we forget really how good we have it. When you start counting the blessings in which you have in your life, man, you start saying, man, I, I don't have it so bad after all. Man, I have so much to be thankful for. Hey, I got some money in the bank. I, man, hey, I got a full tank of gas. Hey! How many know what I'm talking about? Remember the old cliche, the old song, count your blessings, name them one by one, right? Thankfulness. Thank God for all you have done for me. God, I thank you. Now, this is where the big comes. Now it sets you up. It sets you up. You adored him. You confessed. You thanked him. Now it sets you up. It opens you up to cast your cares. God, my supplications are my requests. I lay my requests, my burden, my anxieties, my pressures, my concerns before you, God, and wait in expectation. With God, you don't have to be afraid of his response. With God, you don't have to feel embarrassed. He already knows. With God, you can be confident it's not going anywhere between you and him. With God, you can expect his love and understanding of your problem. Can you imagine that? What door do you need to close that's keeping you from being in his presence? What's your biggest deterrent? What's your biggest distraction that's keeping you from being in his presence? A lot of times, those things that we think are important aren't important at all. What things do you need to change to make him more of a priority in your life? I close with this. Talk with God, no breath is lost. When you talk with God, there's no breath that is lost. Walk with God, no strength is lost. Why? Because he will encourage you, strengthen you. Wait on God or wait for God, no time is lost. I love this one now. Trust in God, you will never be lost because we serve a great shepherd that leads you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake so today we added to the word my challenge or to inspire you encourage you is pray if you're too busy to pray you're too busy you can pray in your car you can pray in a grocery store. You can pray when you're out for a walk. God knows. Will you stand with me today? This morning, we're not just going to talk about prayer. But if you need prayer, we want to pray for you today. If prayer changes things, and the two or three agree, it shall be done. So if you need prayer this morning, whatever it may be, 
you need prayer, why don't you just step out, right? Just step out. Let us pray with you. Come on. If you need prayer, you say, Pastor, I just want to talk about prayer. I want to experience prayer. I want prayer this morning. Come on. Have my brother coming now. Anyone else? Anyone else? Pastor, I need prayer this morning. Harlan and men, if you're here, come on up here, Mark. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray this morning. Let's just not talk of prayer. Let's be a church of prayer. I need some people. Come on. Come on. I need some ladies to gather around Patty. Come on. Let's not just talk of prayer. Let's be in prayer. Anyone else today? Come on. Let's pray. Come on, Renee. Come on. Stay right here. I need somebody to come and pray with Renee this morning. Renee right here. This Renee. Renee. Pray with Renee. Isn't that a coincidence? Renee with Renee. Anyone else today? You say, Pastor, I need prayer this morning. I need prayer this morning, Pastor. Will you pray for me? Anyone else? I'm going to count the three. Don't miss this call. Don't leave the same way you came. Let God change you. Let God change you. Let him touch you. Anyone else? Father, I thank you for all these individuals that have come forward. And maybe for those that didn't today. But we don't want to just talk of prayer. We want to act in prayer. So, Father, we lift up these needs here today that are around these altars. And we pray, God, that you would touch them right where they're at. Reach into them, Lord, and heal and minister and bless and encourage those here today. And, Father, maybe there are those that didn't come forward that, God, wherever they're at and where they're standing, if they need prayer in their life, that, God, you would just show yourself powerfully to them today. You are a faithful God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.